Welcome to Rooftop Report, a key safety podcast where we will be discussing everything from fall protection misconceptions to how key safety is making a difference in the improving safety for today's workforce. Hello and welcome to the Rooftop Report, a podcast produced by Key Safety and focused on providing you with the knowledge and expertise that you need to separate your people from hazards. I'm your host, Dan Huntington, and today our guest is Mr. Chris Pollock. Chris got his start building e-commerce software in the late 90s and has nearly two decades of experience in the digital marketing space. Chris currently leads Key Safety's digital marketing efforts across the globe, And today we'll be discussing the creation of digital tools to create a safe working environment. Chris, I just want to thank you so much for joining the podcast and sharing your unique view on the world of safety with us today. Happy to be here, Dan. And Chris, you you have an interesting background. I kind of want to want the audience and our listeners to kind of understand that because I know that that has shaped your worldview. You have education in both computer engineering and pastoral studies, which is a fairly unique combination. Can you kind of give us a little bit of uh, context to how that's impacted uh, your career and the work that you've done? Yeah, I recognize that it's uh, something that's a little bit unusual. As a young person, I was, you know, someone who was totally fascinated by computers and technology. You know, I had, I had a modem-based computer, you know, one of those modems that made it sound like a duck playing through a kazoo type of thing, <laughs> and uh, got connected to the internet in the late years of high school. And uh, I followed that fascination and uh, went to Rochester, New York to study computer engineering at RIT. And then while I was there, my life took an interesting turn, and I ended up with a degree in pastoral studies. And the bottom line is that I ended up with this interest and in, in sort of education in both people and technology. And I know a lot of times people think of those as like two separate things. They think of technology as associated with like these reclusive geeks in the basement type of thing. But I, I think it's really important to see people and technology together. And I, I think that this, this background, um, this educational background gave me a number of things. One, I was really convinced about the power of technology and what you could do with it and how to use it. Two, I had really spent a lot of time investing in communication, in the importance of communication. And especially, you know, in our day and age, we know how how much communication is actually happening over technology. And then three, I think it's it's important to understand, this is really the most important one to me, that technology is used to serve people. I think sometimes it gets flipped around and people serve feel like they're the ones who are serving the technology. And it's, it's really important to get that balance right. And I think my background's given me an understanding of that. And I, I find that fascinating. And you know, if you've been listening to our podcast and continue to listen to our podcast, what you're gonna find is just this natural recurring theme which is bringing the human element back into safety and not just saying, you know, here's the solution, go out and use that. Don't give me any feedback, you know, follow this rule, you know, tick this box. It's really about making people feel part of the solution and the answer. And I feel like that's what you're saying is that people have to be, 
behind the development of the technology to make sure it's actually Definitely. a useful tool and not just another thing. Oh, I got to do this or else I'll get in trouble. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm really excited for that. But before we dive into kind of the granular level, uh, can you just walk us through some macro trends that you've seen emerge in the digital safety world? Yeah, I think in the safety world, there's a lot of talk these days about what people are calling industry 4.0. And if you're not familiar with this term, it's really this idea of utilizing data, utilizing technology connected devices to streamline processes and other industry practices. And I can you know, give you a couple of different ways. So for instance, data is being collected uh, in a much higher rate when it went through the use of technology and that this data collection can be used to actually make predictions and help with decision-making about safety-related problems. For instance, you know, if you're recording what's happening in and around uh, your work site, analyze that data and you can help managers realize that when certain factors come together that make accidents more likely. And so when you have that kind of information, you can build awareness, you can build preventative measures and put them in place and make your workplace safer. On the technology end, uh, technology can be used in a number of different ways to keep people safer as well. I was at the uh, NSC show a couple of years ago, and I saw some people doing some really interesting stuff there with geo-tracking where they had you know, a device on a person, they had a device in a vehicle, there was a computer system that knew where the people were, where the device or where the vehicles were, and the computer system could actually intervene and stop uh, a collision between a person and a vehicle if it saw something like that was going to happen. So that's a, a great example of how technology is being utilized to, to try to create a safer workplace. But probably the biggest trend that I see happening in relationship to the digital safety world is just using technology to collect data and show data. And people are more connected than ever. They're using their phones, they're using tablets, getting away from paper-oriented processes, and just uh, using digital devices to record what's happening on site, communicate that to the stakeholders in a more timely manner than, than was traditionally. Yeah. And I, I know that from experience, and we'll talk about this, you know, later in the podcast. But just our experience developing our digital version of on-site risk assessments, and you know, before it was done on paper, and then you would submit it, you know, scan it into a, a database and store it there. As soon as we transferred it to digital, it, it opened up a whole new world where we could, you know, geotag our work crew where they're being where the work is being done. You, we could set a timer for when the work should be completed to make sure that person you know tags out or checks out of site. And if they don't, it sends an alert to their boss to let them know, hey, this person was supposed to leave. You know, maybe they're in a lone working environment. They got stuck somewhere. Start to investigate to make sure that they're safe. Paper can't do any of that. So it, it brings no. us to a next level. So I think that's really cool. And we'll talk about that more. But I think kind of the next question is, okay, you know, let's say I'm, I'm a safety manager and everything that I do is manual. Everything's in a binder. Everything's on paper. And I'm sitting down saying, I think I need to transform some of these processes into a digital, digital environment. What are some of the indicators 
that people should be looking for to see if a manual process is actually ready for a digital transformation? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's a, it's honestly a question that people should ask more often uh, because it reveals a mistake that a lot of times people think that just adopting a digital tool or technology is going to be some sort of automatic fix. And, you know, doing things manually and getting the good process down first is really important. And if you skip that step, you're really setting yourself up for failure in your use of technology. So when you do decide to introduce technology, I like to use a phrase, let people do what people do and computers do what computers can do. And I can help you understand that in a couple of ways. So people are really great at talking to people, intuitively understanding problems, empathizing with people. Computers are terrible about that. You know, they're, I don't get much uh, emotional validation when talking to my phone, right? But <laughs> computers are really great at remembering things, storing things, managing data. They're really great at that. You know, things that a lot of times people don't even really like to do in the first yeah. place. So when you know that a process is ready uh, to to is ready to transform, um, I think there's there's two things, and I can illustrate them in two different ways as well. So one, when you've got a good process that's well-defined, and, and what I mean by that is it's gone through a series of refinements already. I mean, if you jump right into a process that you don't have in your company at all and you go straight for digital, that's, that's, that can be a problem. So I think mm. really manually working through processes is an important factor in, in knowing if you're ready. And number two, um, you have to see how a computer can actually add value to what you're doing. They don't, it shouldn't be just that a computer can do it, but it should be able to do it better. It's got to be able to save you time. It's got to be able to help you with your morale, you know, save energy, save money, something. It's got to add value to the process. And I would say it needs to add value, not just to the management, but to the people actually using the technology as well, which is another thing that gets skipped. And so I was going to illustrate this in a couple of different ways. So I, when I was leading an a online supplier of uh, safety products, we had a quoting process and that quoting process had already been, you know, fairly digitized, but we wanted to take it further, but it had this complexity in it, something that was really, you know, very easy for a person to grasp, but had a ton of, you know, sort of nuanced logic behind it. We had a good process. But in the end, it, it was going to take a, a couple of years to recoup the cost of programming something so complex. And so we, we, in the end, we just said, you know what, I think it's better for people to keep on doing this. On the other side, at Key Safety, we have a very advanced risk assessment process internally that we've been using for years. Um, it's very refined. And we're in the process of taking this digital because it adds a lot of value to do so. It builds consistency. It's going to save us time. It's going to make our assessments more trackable, easier to manage, that kind of thing. So that's where it's it's really, we see technology adding value. We have a good process. We're ready to go for it then. Yeah. And what you're basically saying is garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. If you have a bad manual process, you're going to have a bad digital process. Definitely. And you know, that that makes absolute sense, you know, but I think that there's this probably a misconception 
which is, hey, if I make it digital, you know, everybody loves apps and everybody uses their phone all the time. Let's make this digital and we'll have immediate adoption. And I think that if you do have a digital technology and you're struggling with adoption, it's not your people. It's probably your process needs to be improved. So I think that's a really good point to make. You know, but let's say, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I say, yep, I have a good manual process. I want to make it digital. I start to do some research and I find that it's going to take a lot of work up front. Um, so what are the long-term benefits that can justify that upfront investment? Yeah, I think there's definitely an investment that has to be made in technology and people should be under no illusions about that. In fact, I like to think of technology as hiring a person inside of your company. And uh, when you think about hiring a person, you don't just, you know, sort of start them day one and expect them to do their job. You have to manage them. You have to maintain them. You have to improve them. And, and mm. you know, it's just like that with digital processes and technology inside your company. You got to be sure that, you know, you're going to get out of it what you what you put into it. And, and there's a couple of things that I think that can help ensure that that happens. One is just real simple just don't have the wrong expectations going into it. Don't expect that technology is a silver bullet. Yeah. Um, if you think that, you know, just by, you know, giving somebody an app or, you know, setting up a website that automatically all these things are going to happen. That's the sort of, you know, if you build it, they will come mentality. Mm. That's going to, you're going to waste your investment to do that. And so don't have the wrong expectations is one thing um, in making sure that you, you know, invest properly. And number two is do the actual value calculations. And this can be a pain. And sometimes people don't want to go through the effort to do this, but I, I think it's worth it in the end. And I, I mentioned a project previously that we decided not to do. Hmm. So we estimated how much time we'd save. We estimated how much that time was worth to our organization. We compared that to the cost of developing the system. And the math didn't work out. So I think you have to sort of sit back and, you know, it's, it's obviously not a dollars and cents calculation. A lot of times when you're doing something related to safety, it might be, you know, a, a risk calculation, but you mm. need to do the calculation nonetheless and decide, is there enough value behind what this is going to cost? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that. Technology is not a silver bullet. Right? You have to have a well-defined process and you have to have buy-in from your people. And I know that you've gone through this, you've mentioned a few times, um, different experiences. But you know, I know at Key Safety, we invested a lot of time and resources into developing our own digital risk assessment app. And you were kind of the, the leader of that process. Can you share your personal experience going through that process? Yeah, let me start by helping your listeners understand what it is that we were actually developing. Mm -hmm. um, what we what we ended up developing is a is a tool to help people in the field do what's called a dynamic risk assessment. So it's one thing to do that risk assessment at your desk before you visit the site, but what's really important is that once they get in the field, they actually look around and see what kind of risk may have sort of evolved. Like a workplace is a a fast changing environment. 
So, you know, when you sat at your desk, you might have thought one thing, but now as you get on the work site, there could be a completely different situation. We had a manual process for this, but it was difficult to track and it was difficult to get people to engage with. And look, we're a safety company. If we don't put our employees' safety first, what are we doing? That's yeah. who we are as yeah. a company is we are a safety company. We protect people. So we knew we needed to get better at this. We knew we needed to find a better way. And so we turned to technology. And so what we have now is a very easy to use app where our field agents can quickly and professionally go through a series of questions and checks to ensure that they're haven't there there's not any hazards that they haven't already accounted for and so technology allows us to do things like track the location so that we can ensure that these assessments are actually being done on the site and not at people's desks yeah we can we can do things like the the app instantly communicates with the manager to let them know that the assessment has been complete and then if they're working alone it asks them what time they expect to leave if they don't check out at that time, after a reminder, their manager gets notified. So I think that's a great example about how technology has has added a lot of value in what was previously a pretty unhelpful manual process. Yeah, and as a user of the app, um, and we call it the Power App, the Point of Work Evaluation of Risk, I, I have an, uh, just a really interesting story, and I think it goes back to using people as part of the development process, you know, cause it's a, it's a checklist you're going through and you're asking questions about the site to your site contact as you know, you're, you're about to start work. Um, and those questions were not developed by, you know, a safety team sitting in the office or you, Chris, and a group of developers. They were actually developed by our teams that were in the field who have been, you know, faced with different risks out you know, in real life. And that actually informed the questions that we asked. I had an experience where I'm about to go up on a roof. You know, we're meeting with the safety team. We're going through the app and I'm asking them questions. And one of the questions is about animal or bird activity up on the roof. And I say, hey, is, is there any active animal or bird activity that you guys are aware of? You know, animals are actually quite dangerous on the roof. And the room just got silent. And the safety manager was like, hmm. why, like, why did you ask that question? I'm like, well, you know, in our experience, you know, angry birds and uh, birds of prey or even, you know, raccoons can get up on roofs or bees can get up on roofs and, you know, cause problems. We need to mitigate that risk. We need to put a control in place if they're there. And she said, the reason you're, and we didn't tell you this before, is that we had a contractor doing roof up on our work. He came across a nest of seagulls. He was attacked by the seagull, was running away from it. And while he was doing that, he tripped, fell through a skylight and died. And I was like, what? It's terrible. And she's like, and now you're asking me if there's any birds up on the roof. Like, uh, how, like how did you know to ask that? And it's so critically important that we have that buy-in. We had that, that, human focus on the development of the technology so that I actually knew the right questions to ask. We were able to leverage the expertise of, you know, 500 people doing, working at heights across the globe and boil it down into a single piece of technology. So, you know, just that experience, I was like, wow, like this is, this was done well. 
And it yeah. just kind of goes to that that point of, you know, using technology, you have to have the human input on the development side uh, to make sure that it's it's impactful and effective. And in this case, it, it absolutely was. Um, which kind of leads me into my next question, you know, which is what are the common pitfalls that you've observed with digital applications in the safety space and how can the industry actually improve? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And I think it hits on some of the things that you've been saying, because I, I think the biggest fit, pitfall that I see uh, is companies failing to focus on user experience, mm. not putting enough emphasis on the actual people in the field who are using that application. If you come up with technology that's hard to use and it doesn't serve the person who's using it, guess what? They're gonna get fed up with it or they're not gonna use it or not use it properly. And so I think the industry needs to put more focus on adding value to the people who are using the technology. That's a big, a big point that I think gets missed in a lot of the applications and digital technology that I see is it's difficult, you know, there's a lot of sort of clunkiness to it. And I think, you know, we want to create digital processes that are not cumbersome and difficult and burdensome, but really actually help those people do their job better. They understand how to do their job better. And, uh, you know, the, it, it makes their job both safer, more enjoyable. You know, you end up with a, a, a good mix all around. And once you actually have that digital tool created, you know, you're rolling it out to the team. What are the best ways that you've found to get buy-in on that tool? Yeah, I, I, we, we've uh, struggled with this over the years so much so that we've even created a, we've coined a phrase in relationship to this. And I call it that we need to onboard, not waterboard our employees. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, you know, waterboarding is a, a form of torture where people feel like they're drowning, right? And we sometimes torture people by throwing things at them without the proper orientation. Like people are already out there, they're they're overwhelmed, and we just add additional pain to their lives by introducing technology. Onboarding, as opposed to waterboarding, is really taking them training them, not just training them though, because I think a lot of times we give training and we're like, okay, there you go. But actually train them and then helping them to integrate that tool into their existing practices and processes. So the short answer is you get buy-in by truly understanding their current processes and demonstrating how that tool will add value to them, to the business, to the customer, and so on. Yeah, and I think that goes right back to the beginning of our conversation when you said you have to have a well-defined manual process first and then use technology to improve on that and not just change it because you want it to be digital. Yep. And technology has to serve people. People aren't there to serve technology. So I, I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap this conversation up Chris, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Not that I can think of, but I've really enjoyed, you know, being on the podcast and sharing my thoughts on the subject. Chris, I've really enjoyed my conversation with you. I hope our listeners do as well. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on this edition of the Rooftop Report by Key Safety. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, 
please email us at info at keysafety.com. I'm on a mission to find the best experts to help you answer all of your fall protection related questions. For previous and upcoming episodes, subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To learn more about our safety solutions, visit our website, keysafety.com. That's K-E-E safety.com. I'm your host, Dan Huntington. And until next time, stay safe out there, everybody.